welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. This is episode 64, and this is originally aired on New Year's Day 2020. So happy Roaring Twenties to you and yours. Let's make them safe, healthy, grounded, and inspired. This episode, so I'm on New Year's morning, but I recorded most of this episode right around the stroke of midnight last night. So this episode spans two decades. Before I get to last night's material, I want to introduce today's episode by reading from the introduction to the I Ching. The version that became very predominant in the West is by Wilhelm, the I Ching by Wilhelm. And there's introduction by our man Carl Jung. In the last paragraph, I like what he says about the I Ching. Here he goes, Carl Jung. The I Ching does not offer itself with proofs and results. It does not vaunt itself, nor is it easy to approach. Like a part of nature, it waits until it is discovered. It offers neither facts nor power, but for lovers of self-knowledge, of wisdom, if there be such, it seems to be the right book. To one person, its spirit appears as clear as day, to another, shadowy as twilight, to a third, dark as night. He who is not pleased by it does not have to use it, and he who is against it is not obliged to find it true. Let it go forth into the world for the benefit of those who can discern its meaning. Thank you, Carl Jung. Thank you, I Ching. And now on to our previously recorded New Year's Eve I Ching extravaganza. Hello and welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. So when I saw the 64th episode was coming up on the Weather of the Mind, the first thing that came to my mind was, I got to do an I Ching episode. Anybody who knows I Ching, also known as the Book of Changes, and this I Ching looks like capital I space Ching. So this I Ching, this Book of Changes, one of the oldest books in the world is a oracle from 3,000 years ago in ancient China. An oracle in that people would propose questions and then they would toss coins or, well, back in the day they would draw yarrow stalks. But now when we do it, we toss some coins and just kind of ponder or use it as a place of meditation. And as you will see in this broadcast, it is very fascinating and provides good food for thought or for ponder. And it's certainly a book of ancient wisdom. I mean, this book was around in ancient China for a few hundred years before Confucius, before Lao Tzu, and very much influenced the wisdom of Confucius and Lao Tzu and, and the, the Taoism schools. And those schools in turn may have influenced the evolution of the Book of Changes. But that is the Book of Changes. The Book of Changes it sees everything in the world as interconnected and changing, like one fluid river. And what you do in this book of changes, when you, in, when you consult the I Ching, when I toss these coins as I'm about to do, I kind of look into that river. And I, I, I see myself or my projects, my family, see my conversation with you, my listeners, whatever. I just see that it's all part of this river. The good, the bad, the ugly... The rocks, the eddies, the dry, you know, it's all part of this flowing, flowing river, all this interconnected change. 
And what's amazing, so with, with the Book of Changes, it presents 64, and that's why this episode 64 is so important for this, 64 archetypes. And these archetypes can be viewed as situations, almost snapshots if, of that river. So if this river is, you know, or if the world is a very complicated, changing place, this I Ching proposes 64 snapshots, 64 situations on which to ponder. If you've ever seen the symbols or the symbology of the I Ching, it's basically ba- made up of very small lines and really a stack of six lines. So imagine if you draw a small line on a paper, about maybe two to three centimeters, an inch long line. If that line is whole, that will be called yang, a solid line. It, and the other way to draw that line is to basically draw the same line, but draw it so there is a split in the middle of it. And if there's a split in the middle of it, that's called yin. So at the basic level, we only have two types of lines in the I Ching, the yin and the yang. And these can be viewed as, the solid yang can be viewed as creation, and the yin, the divided line, can be looked at as the receiver, can be looked at as reception. So we, like everything is receiving things in life and we're creating. Things are moving through us. So these are the most common basic two elements in the, and as the I Ching presents it, the yin and the yang. And these are kind of complementary forces. And everything else is derived from these. So how do you derive 64 archetypes from these two, this binary of yin and yang? You stack six lines together. So by stack six lines together, imagine you're looking at the side of a sandwich. And the first line is a slice of bread. And then you have a slice of turkey on top of that. And a slice of pastrami and a slice of provolone and a layer of lettuce. You have basically six layers on top of each other. That's what the I Ching is like. And when we derive which the I Ching is for us today, what what situation, what symbol we're going to reflect upon, which I'm going to do in a moment, we get the reading from bottom to the top. Okay, so the first line is that bottom line. It's that first slice of bread on the bottom of that sandwich. And the second line and third line and fourth line will progress upward from there. And then we'll end at the sixth line or the top line. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to simply flip one coin for yin and yang. I'm going to flip three coins. And the reason this is done is we want four possible outcomes. One, if you, you, what I do when I flip coins, I flip three coins, and for me, I use the head side to represent yang, the complete, the solid line, the creation, and then I use tail to rep, tail side of the coin to represent yin, the reception, the bending, the broken line. And the one way to remember this is if we're thinking of rivers. Think of our coins as almost little fish in the river. And the head of a fish is pointed and has one head, but the tail of the fish splits into two fins. So this is why I originally said, I'm going to use head to represent the solid line and the yang. And I'm going to use the tail, which splits, to represent the split line. So that's a little way to remember the relationship between heads and tails and yen, yang and yin. But what I do is, I don't just f- toss one coin for the first reading. You toss three coins. And that's because sometimes we'll get a reading that a line is very strong. 
So if I throw three coins and I get head, head, and tail, that would be the Yang line and it would be solid. I think we're getting a little lost in the weed here, weeds here. You toss your three coins. If you get three of a kind, that shows that it's a really strong line. If you get two and one, that's a little bit, that's not as strong, but it's that's still your yin or your yang. I hope that makes sense. So right now I am going to, on the cusp of this new year, on the cusp of this new roaring 20s, I mean, we're about 20 minutes away here. I'm gonna get some coins. What I do is stand up and I toss the coins onto a blanket on the floor. So I don't toss them on the floor generally because it's really loud, but I'll toss them onto a blanket. Okay, so I got my three coins in hand now. I'm gonna toss one at a time and I'll report back what I get and we will figure this out together. Well, we're looking for the bottom line now of our I Ching uh, New Year's Special 2020. There's one, toss one, toss another, toss three. So now I'll go over and I'll check on my coins. So I got, I'll write down a piece of paper. I'll write T, T, H, tail, tail, and a head. That was, that's gonna be our first line. So now I'm gonna throw three more coins again. And there's my three coins. Oh, okay, so this one I'm gonna write right above my T, T, and H. I'm gonna write tail, tail, tail. So that's an example of why the three coins is important because that only that only is going to be a yin line, a, a divided line, not a, a whole line, but it's going to be a strong one. So I'm going to mark it with an asterisk. Okay, let's go on to our third line. Very exciting. Okay, for our third line, we have a head, head, and a tail. That will be a solid line, a yang line. Okay, we're through three. Onward and upward, keeping the I Ching going. Flipping some coins. Hoping for a nice meditation for the podcast and the projects coming up. All right, our next line was just like the last one. HHT, a solid line. Two heads, one tail. On to the fifth line, New Year's I Ching. All right, now we have, we got tail, tail, head. So that is going to be a yin line, a split line. And now for our top line, let's see what we got. Okay, we have two tails and a head. So now what I do is going from bottom to top, I'm gonna to say solid line or split line. Solid line again means yang. So we got a solid line in the bottom, and then a split line, and then a solid line, then a solid line, then a split line, and then a split line. So now we'll go into Google, and I will write I Ching, and I'll write Wilhelm. And I will find, on the first thing, a website which I've used for a really long time, www.unipr, that's the one. And you basically find I Ching Wilhelm translation. So I'll click on that and you'll see that you have this, it starts with this grid where you have all the 64 different. So I'm gonna look and I'm gonna look at that bottom one and say solid line, split line, solid line, okay. I see where I'm at there. And then on top I had, going from bottom to the top of the top, we had solid, split, split. And it looks like we got number 55. 
So we got number 55 and gives you the Chinese name Fang and it says abundance, fullness. So what we have here, these six lines is a hexagram, but it's actually made of two trigrams. And the trigrams, like the hexagram is six lines, the trigram is just three. So basically we have, we have one trigram on top of another. And one on, the one on the bottom was the solid line, a split line, then a solid line. That is, that is equivalent to fire. So it has its own meaning. And then the one above it called Chen, the arousing, thunder. So basically of the trigrams of the image here, we have thunder over fire. So now they're gonna talk about that. Chen, the thunder, they give you a first reading. That's how they started out. So Chen, the thunder is movement. Li below is the flame whose attribute is clarity. Clarity within, movement without. This produces greatness and abundance. The hexagram pictures a period of advanced civilization. However, the fact that development has reached a peak suggests this extraordinary condition of abundance cannot be maintained permanently. So now it goes on and says the judgment. And I'm just going to read it and we'll see if it's one that is clear and makes sense or one that is very elusive and is going to take a lot of pondering. But let's just see what we got. The judgment. Abundance has success. The king attains abundance. Be not sad. Be like the sun at midday. And this goes on for a little explanation after that poetry. It is not given to every mortal to bring about a time of outstanding greatness and abundance. Only a born ruler of men is able to do it, because his will is directed to what is great. Such a time of abundance is usually brief. Therefore, a sage might well feel sad in view of the decline that must follow. Only a man who is inwardly free of sorrow and care can lead in a time of abundance. He must be like the sun at midday, illuminating and gladdening everything under heaven. Well, that was kind of a perplexing read. And oftentimes we get perplexing reads. I'm going to sit and ponder on this and come back in the morning and see if I have anything that jumps out at me from this reading. I just wanted to share it on the cusp of the new year and hopefully encourage you to engage the I Ching, or at least when you see it referenced in culture, have some understanding of what it's about. Very old, old Chinese wisdom that you can kind of play with. I think it's kind of similar to the, to the tarot in that you're not looking for a fortune. You're looking for a meditation or an, an engaged meditation that involves some of the chants that we enjoy when we play cards or play when we go and maybe go to uh, place a bet or put a, a number on a casino, you know, on a casino game. There's something about chance in life that we enjoy engaging. And this, this is kind of like a meditation that engages some of that chance. But the Book of Changes would say that chance was like exactly what was happening in my room at that moment when six times three coins were thrown. Well, Happy New Year. I'll be back in the morning to wish you a new year and finish off this podcast. Bye-bye. All right, we're back here in the morning, New Year's Day, and I wanted to reflect a little bit about on what I gathered and what I meditated on from that, from the I Ching symbol of Fang, meaning abundance or fullness. What I thought a lot about was the image, 
we have the hexagram of six lines, but there really is a three-line trigram above a three-line trigram. And those three-line trigrams all have a few layers of images to them. I'm going to give you the, the natural images today. We have, so these eight different trigrams, these three-line combinations. We have one that represents heaven, earth, thunder, water, mountain, wind and wood, fire and lake. So every one of these 64 archetypes of the I Ching, these six line hexagrams will have heaven over thunder or water over fire, lake over earth. So this is one, one layer of the imagery that can be pondered as we look towards the reading of the hex, these hexagrams. So now let's look at the imagery of hexagram number 55, Fang Abundance. On the bottom, which represents the beginning and also represents within, we have the symbol of the flame. So I also picture a little fire, a little candle. And that symbol is often a sign of clarity. And above that, moving out, moving outward from the individual, moving outward into the world, you have above, you have the, the arousing thunder. So like what it said, it's the flame whose attribute is clarity, clarity within, and then the arousing is movement outside. And this produces greatness and abundance. The hexagram pictures a period of advanced civilization. However, the fact that development has reached a peak suggests... See, I, don't, I didn't focus that much on that. That's interesting and that's worthy of a ponder. But I was just thinking about this image of the little candle below and this thunder above. And when I drew it out, a little candle and the thunder above... I, I did kind of like that the thunder reminded me a little bit of the... A, a bit about the weather of the mind. And I do like that this old Chinese wisdom really gets in touch with nature and natural elements and lets us ponder their own interaction. So that's a little bit what I got from that. I think it also was very encouraging to leaders, this, this reading we got from the I Ching, and that leaders have to really be, have clarity of vision and, and really come with truthfulness and genuineness. And if you do that, no matter how stormy and chaotic society is, you've kind of done your part to be your little candle. Maybe this echoes back to speaking about being a candle in a dark world, our meditation from a few weeks ago on the winter solstice. There's one other excerpt I wanted to read before we depart, and that is from Richard Wilhelm from the introduction. I'm going to read you like two paragraphs because they're quite valuable. Of far greater significance than the use of the Book of Changes as an oracle is its other use, namely as a book of wisdom. Lao Tzu knew this book, and some of his profoundest aphorisms were inspired by it. Indeed, his whole thought is permeated with its teachings. Confucius, too, knew the Book of Changes and devoted himself to reflection upon it. He probably wrote down some of his interpretive comments and imparted others to his pupils in oral teaching. The Book of Changes, as edited and annotated by Confucius, is the version that has come down to our time. If we inquire as to the philosophy that pervades the book, we can confine ourselves to a few basically important concepts. All right, So these are the core concepts of the I Ching. 
The underlying idea of the whole is the idea of change. It is related to the Analects by Confucius, who said, who said, everything flows on and on like the river, without pause day and night. This expresses the idea of change. He who has perceived the meaning of change fixes his attention no longer on transitory individual things, but on the immutable eternal law at work in all change. Let me come back to that. Finishing the paragraph, this law is the Tao of Lao Tzu, the course of things, the principle of the one in the many. So these last two points are very valuable, both from Confucius's point of view of the river and the Taoist point of view also probably of the river, of the flow of life. This is very fundamental in ancient Chinese philosophy. And by engaging in the I Ching, we can kind of, you know, dip our toes. We can jump in. We can wade into that, that I Ching river. So let's think about the candle within. Let's think about the storms that surround as we focus on today's I Ching reading. And hopefully you will take this moment to be inspired to toss some of your own I Ching and throw some of those coins and get a reading. Please feel free to contact me and share what you learned and, and what reading you got. And if you have any questions, let me know. I'm happy to encourage you along this path with the ritual of the I Ching, the Book of Changes. Give thanks. Ever grateful, keeping positive, living and learning, staying hydrated. Have a great day. Bye-bye.